You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories your team every day. I am your host, Ross Jackson, and I want to start with a big thank you and shout out to all of our newest listeners, whether it's your first time or your next time. I always love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows, so know that you can hit me up on Twitter at RossJacksonASC, and of course, that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my, as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis for Saints fans by Saints fans. Y'all, I am just excited about today, about last night. A big Monday night win. Jabriz set the all-time passing yardage record. Mark Ingram had a big return in a big way. And I haven't, I told you so, that I get to, to share today. So I'm excited about today's episode. So we're going to start with that. Then we're going to jump over to our perfectly neutral, entirely not at all unbiased NFC South uh, power rankings. We'll do that in our second segment, and then we'll close it out with the biggest news from around the league. All of that and a little bit of land yet here on Locked On Saints. All right, so of course we have to get started with the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He plays here in New Orleans for the Saints, Mr. Drew Brees and his beautiful family in a beautiful city and a beautiful stadium. Everything's beautiful right now, and I'm loving it. Well, there are some things that aren't so beautiful, but we'll get to that later. But Drew Brees comes out last night up against Washington at home in the Dome on prime time and comes into this game that I expected to be a shootout. I, I 100% expected this game. You know, I think my prediction was like 35 to 28, something like that, somewhere around there. Uh, and instead, we end up with a 43-19 to 19 win on the back of Drew Brees. Well, kind of on the back of Drew Brees. That's the thing about this game. This game, in terms of the offensive playmaking, was all over the place. It, it looked like last year. That's what it looked like. It looked like 2017. So here, here, here's the deal. Drew Brees goes 26 for 29 for 336 yards and three touchdowns in the midst of doing that. He breaks Brett Favre's record. He was sitting at number two on all-time passing yardage list and then also breaks Peyton Manning's record for most all-time passing yards. And he is now the career leader in passing yards and counting. Like he still has, remember when uh, Brett Favre broke it, he broke it at about 255 career games when he broke Dan Marino's record. And then he had another couple of seasons to go because he did that, I think, in like 2007 or something like that. And then he had a couple more seasons. That's what this Drew Brees record is feeling feeling like right now. Uh, Drew Brees is now sitting at just over 72,000 yards and he still has, what, uh, 11 more games to play this season and then potentially also next season. So, uh, I mean, this record is going to be astronomical by the end of it. I, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, we're going to be in the at least, at least mid 70,000 yards at by the time that he's done. And here's the thing too, when you look at these numbers, I was looking at this earlier, it took Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning broke Brett Favre's record 
in week nine of the 2015 season, which was a terrible game from him. Five for 20, 35 yards, four interceptions. It was actually benched, but he did break the record that game. That was his 265th game, and then he only played 266. That was the, that next game was the last game that he played, and that got him to that 71,940-yard mark. As for Drew Brees, Drew Brees just broke this record last night after playing in only 254 games. So that's that's more than 10. That's 11 games less than where Peyton Manning was when he broke the record. Peyton, I'm sorry, Drew Brees right now sits at 72,103 yards after 254 games. So if he plays another you know, season after this season, then he's going to be way, way, way past this 72,000 yard mark. And I can't wait to see where this, this ends up. So Drew Brees now sits on the top of the list, followed by Peyton Manning, followed by Brett Favre. And Drew Brees is now only 40 touchdowns away. He's sitting at 499 now. So he's one touchdown away for the 500 club, which he tried to get into last night. We saw, we all saw that happening. Uh, but he's, uh, sitting at 499. The record is 539 for most passing touchdowns in a player's career. So he and Tom Brady, Tom Brady's seeing that 500 right now. They're both vying for that record uh, together at this moment. And Drew Brees could potentially own, because he already owns the pass completions record. He owns and, and is building on it. He owns the yardage record and is building on it. And he also owns, and he could very soon, if he plays another season, own that passing touchdowns uh, mark as well. So... Drew Brees is the GOAT. I don't care who you are. He's the greatest of all time. But I'm going to move on to a couple of other things that I want to talk about from this game. Uh, Mark Ingram returns for the first time from his suspension. For uh, He had a four-game suspension at the beginning of this year. He finally returns. He gets 16 carries, 53 yards, and two touchdowns. I remember somebody told y'all he was going to get a couple of touchdowns in this game. Uh, Taste, but we're going to go about Taysom Hill also ran uh, five. Let's see, he had five carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown. So he also ran for a touchdown. That was three touchdowns on the ground from the Saints, three through the air. So this was a pretty split game in terms of off in terms of offensive production but it was also the defense the defense really held up but I'll, I'll come back around to that too Teddy Bridgewater saw his first action uh, of the season the last three plays of the game three kneels he had uh, three carries for negative three yards maybe we should swap out that third round pick now I'm just playing but uh, but the guy that I really want to talk about here is Traquan Smith Traquan Smith I told y'all on Friday on Friday or Saturday I can't remember which day it was but I told y'all Traquan Smith had the potential to help blow this game wide open and he had three catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns and did exactly that he was also the recipient of the 62 yard catch and run for a touchdown on just complete blown coverage that set the record during which drew Brees set the record that was his second career catch traquan smith's second career catch and it was on the catch that broke the uh, all-time completions all-time complete uh sorry all-time passing yards record for Drew Brees, an incredible thing for him. But here's the thing that I also want to point out about this offensive production. Alvin Kamara had, let's see, a total of nine touches. You remember last year I had put out an article that talked about what happens when Alvin Kamara gets less than 12 touches. When he got less than 12 touches, the, the team averaged about 21 points. When he got more than 12 touches, they averaged 30 points. He got nine touches in this game, and the Saints scored 43 points. It goes beyond that. So very little production needed from Alvin Kamara, right? Because Mark Ingram came back. Alvin Kamara has been the lead back for four straight weeks. Good to get him some rest and get him to, you know, just kind of take a breather for a little bit. He had um, 
let's see, 24, 24 rushing yards, 15 uh, receiving yards. And then Michael Thomas caught four catches for 74 yards, no touchdowns, and absolutely abused Josh Norman, both on the field and after the game. That's that that whole tweet storm we'll talk about later on in our third segment. But uh, so this is a game in which just changes the tide of what had been talked about with the Saints all season with that they only have two players. They've only got two players. But this time, neither players were needed as Mark Ingram returns. Traquan Smith had his breakout game. Uh, Taysom Hill continues to be a wrinkle in the passing game. Drew Brees was completing so many passes to so many different receivers that he even completed a pass to himself. It was an incredible night for the offense. Uh, real quick over on the defense, I uh, want to talk about um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. He had his, I believe it's his second concussion in as many years, as many seasons. So that's that's tough. We lost him for most of the game. But still, Justin Hardy came out, had an interception, and he almost brought back for a touchdown. Justin Hardy played great. He was awesome. Four tackles, four solo tackles, two passes, defended a tackle for a loss and an interception. Um, let's see, AJ Klein also had a pretty solid game, but he really, I mean, he recovered a fumble that was forced by Marcus Davenport, who had two solo tackles, three tackles total, one sack, two tackles for a loss, a pass defended, two quarterback hits, and then also forced that fumble that AJ Klein recovered and also almost took back. Well, he didn't almost take it back for a touchdown, but still. Uh, PJ Williams played well. Von Bell played great. Seven solo tackles on eight tackles total. One tackle for a loss and a pass defended. This was a big-time defensive performance by the Saints. Uh, and, I mean, they really turned this in and really turned this into something because this was a great game to watch from all sides, from at home, everything like that. Sheldon Rankins added a big-time sack. Uh, I believe it was on a third down. Cam Jordan added a sack as well as a couple tackles for a loss. So, altogether, defense played well. Offense was outstanding. And, you know, hell of a game, yo, hell of a game. 43-19 uh, to 19 win by the Saints going into the bye week now, five games in with a 4-1 and one record. Could have been a 5-0 and oh record, but that's okay. We'll take what we got after that crazy division opening game against the Bucks. But I got to tell you right now, if the Saints are able to put this kind of production up and be able to score this these kinds of points without having to get Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas involved, just wait until they get until we get back to getting them super involved and watch out for that scoreboard because we're dropping 50 burger after 50 burger after 50 burger if that's the case. Uh, right now, I would say that the Saints are definitely one of the teams to watch, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL. All right, y'all, so stick around because coming up next, we're going to do our entirely unbiased, neutral, uh, not at all favorable NFC South power rankings. And then we've got news for you from around the league. Get all of your NBA previews this week at Locked On NBA. Six teams a day, five days a week, 30 teams previewed from the local experts of Locked On NBA. Follow Locked On NBA on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. All right, y'all. Did you see the Saints winning last night? Did you see the Saints on their own almost scoring as much as the over-under from last night? Were you ready for all of that? If so, I think you need to be checking out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet for the season. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews online, and their mobile site is mad easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that is exactly why I am here recommending that you make your way over to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting and over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player per 
perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new betters right now and they want to make sure that everyone gets the best service possible. So if you're willing to wait to deposit until after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you a $25 free play in addition on top of deposits over $100. So join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Use promo code locked on all one word to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an additional $25 free play by using the code locked on 25. The numbers 25 locked on 25. It's up to y'all, but I definitely wait until after dinner and take the extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, make sure that you stick around because next we're going to be talking about big news from around the league, including some Saints news, some injuries, things like that. Uh, but first, I want to talk about these NFC South power rankings. Last week, my order was Saints at number one, Panthers at number two, Bucks at number three, Falcons at number four. And you know what? I'm sorry to be boring this week, y'all, but I got to keep it the same. I got to keep it the same again. The Saints are obviously the best team in the division. The Panthers are obviously the second best team in the division. Christian McCaffrey's clicking. Uh, Curtis Samuel is clicking. That defense is starting to come together. Uh, Eric, you know, they just added Eric Reed, who's eventually going to really, really fit into that defense. Not that he doesn't already, but his fit's only going to get better. Luke Keekley's a monster. Mario Addison is playing like crazy. There's a lot going on over, there's a lot going right. Let me say it that way. There's a lot going right over on the Panthers team right now. And I mean, yeah, we swept them three times last year, and I think we could definitely sweep them twice again this year. But they're not going to be easy to play, especially weeks 15 and week 17 when we have them. Well, week 17, we'll see. I mean, it depends on who's in the playoff race at that point. But definitely playing them in week 17, it basically, I mean, in December, getting ready to move into the playoffs, that's going to be, those are going to be big games. As for Tampa Bay, I didn't move them because they had a bye week this week, week five. And so I'm not, I don't really have any way to gauge if I should move them up or down but certainly the Atlanta Falcons didn't do anything to help themselves move up now sitting at one and four at the absolute bottom of the division uh during the game against the Steelers which they lost 41 to 17 almost an identical scoring uh pattern to 43-19 the win that we had last night uh Matt Ryan throws for 285 yards one touchdown doesn't throw an interception but doesn't really get any other production elsewhere Devontae Freeman returns to go for 32 yards, no touchdowns. Tevin Coleman suffers because of Devontae Freeman returning, going for 15 yards and no touchdowns. Ido Smith gets a touchdown in that game on the ground. Austin Hooper becomes the, the Falcons' top receiving option, going nine catches off of 12 targets for 77 yards, but again, no touchdowns. The Steelers, who don't have the best defense right now, particularly in their secondary, completely erase Julio Jones, who gets five catches for 62 yards, and Calvin Ridley, who goes four catches for 38 yards. The only other touchdown in the, uh, for the for the Falcons, at least, going to Mohamed Sanu. Um, as far as defense goes, they didn't really help themselves out there either. We'll come to the, the Steelers stats here in a moment, but no sacks, only one tackle for a loss. Just really like not not really finding a way to affect the game. Not really many quarterback hits. Not much pressure coming from the Atlanta defensive line at all. Uh, DeMonte Casey did have an interception, but the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger goes for three touchdowns. James Conner runs for 110 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, uh, Antonio Brown catches six balls for 101 yards and two touchdowns. James Conner adds an additional 75 yards through the air. Juju Smith-Schuster scores a touchdown. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially half of what 
this, you know, what, what the Saints started with at the beginning of the season. And what I mean by that is that the Saints defense was really weak at the beginning of the season, but our offense was able to keep them hanging in the game. Right now, the Falcons offense is so hot and cold, depending on who they're playing, that they can't keep themselves in the game when their defense isn't playing well. And they certainly can't keep themselves into a late game that, you know, like, for instance, two weeks ago against the Bengals when they lost their fourth quarter lead. So, I mean, look, I have to put Atlanta down in the bottom and it's not just because they're rivals, but it's because they're playing playing the worst so far in this division and absolutely Tampa Bay has the 100% has the capacity to do that especially with Jameis Winston back at quarterback but you know look here's the thing with with the Saints performing the way that they performed on Monday night last or or Monday night football last night and in the way that they've been performing through this four game win streak going into a bye week hopefully being able to get Marshawn Lattimore back and healthy after the concussion hopefully uh, Taylor Stallworth is is healthy moving forward Ted Ginn comes back and then has to split his playing time with Traquan Smith more than likely Traquan Smith keeps getting involved Cameron Meredith keeps getting involved who also had I think he had like a 44 45 yard catch 46 yard catch last night uh, Michael Thomas continues to dominate then then we get the pair of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram cooking some more that offense is incredible Marcus Davenport's really coming into his own he's playing like a first rounder he's looking like a first rounder the linebackers AJ Klein was out for a little while so we had one of our starting linebackers out Manti Teo was already out Craig Robertson comes in and then the the team looks great we lose Marshawn Lattimore uh, we bring in Justin Hardy to man the outside alongside opposite Ken Crawley, and then we keep P.J. Williams in the slot along with Von Bell. And then all of a sudden, again, the secondary looks outstanding holding up against, you know, this offense that, you know, is, you know, has has strengths at the usual weaknesses for the Saints, which are Jordan Reed at tight end and then Chris Thompson at running back. But despite all of the injuries, despite any of that, despite the matchups being in favor of Washington in some cases, they keep Alex Smith to 23 of 39 passing for 275 yards. No touchdowns allowed through the air. They sack him three times for 31 yards. Then you add the uh, Justin Hardy interception and the Marcus Davenport strip sack. And he's got a quarterback rating of 69.9 on the same night that Drew Brees drops a quarterback rating of 153.2, which is nearly perfect, really as close to perfect as you can get. Uh, Chris Thompson was held to 17 yards on the ground. Adrian Peterson was held to six yards on the ground, only 39 yards total from the uh, the Washington offense. Jamison Crowder was the leader in terms of yards for receivers at 55. Jordan Reed only had one catch for 21 yards, and Chris Thompson only had six catches for 45 yards. And those were like short dump-off passes that they were going to give him all day. So the Saints' defense is coming together. They know what they're doing. The Saints' offense is clicking and firing on all cylinders. I have to put them at the top. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm sorry. My hands are tied. My hands are tied. I'm trying to I'm trying to stay biased. I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. I'm trying to stay unbiased. I'm trying to stay unbiased. I almost ratted myself out. But look, that's the deal. That's the deal. The Saints team is the best team right now in the NFC South, and it's not even close. It's not even close. The Panthers are good. Don't get me wrong. The Panthers are good, and they're going to be a threat this year if they keep doing what they're doing. But right now, there's not a team better than the Saints in the NFC South. At me. Go ahead. Hit me up. At Ross Jackson ASC. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you agree. If you disagree, tell me why on on either account. Would love to hear it. All right. Stick around because when we come back, we're going to talk about the biggest news from around the league. Yo, does your fantasy football team need a jolt? Well, we got you covered over here on the Locked On Network. We got two shows for you. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gets you all the injury news, all the latest news, all the waiver wire news, anything you need. And then Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer has a different expert every day from around the fantasy world. Follow Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 and Locked 
Locked On Fantasy Football on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speakers to play Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, y'all, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now, you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence you need in bed, and I'm going to tell you how. BlueChew.com. It's blue like the color blue, right? BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're a chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can always have them ready when the uh, opportunity presents itself. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness of the neighbors asking about your package, if you know what I'm saying. They're made right here in the United States, and because Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On, all one word. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code locked on and try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. All right, welcome back, Huda Nation. Uh, we are going to talk about some of the biggest news from around the league, and I need to start with this Michael Thomas, Josh Norman beef. Josh Norman is always looking to start it with some body. He's always looking to figure out who he can get it with, and he always finds a way to get it, and he always finds a way to get torn down every single time. So you remember Josh Norman had that whole feud going on with Odell Beckham Jr. until Odell Beckham Jr. was finally like, I'm too big for this. I'm not worried about you anymore. Uh, he, Josh Norman has tried to start it in practices with his own receivers on his own team and everything like that. He, he tries to get involved with all these people. And right now, his target after Monday night has been Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, however, has not back down from the challenge. Not that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't. I respect what Odell Beckham Jr. did, but uh, except for, you know, hitting himself in the face with a kicking net, but that's cool. But he kept it going after the game and uh, took to Twitter and just started going off. Not really going off. Let me not be like that. Let me not, let me not stir the pot. But he definitely started, uh, let's say, uh, poking the bear, if you will. Uh, he took to Twitter and tweeted out, I made that boy check out after the first half, which is true. After the first half of the game, Jay Gruden made the decision to sit uh, Josh Norman at least for a little while. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, it's not like he benched him for the rest of the game or anything like that. But uh, Jay Gruden said we talked about some things at halftime and had to cool him down a little bit. Everything's fine. He's going back to. Be, you know, he's going to go back to normal. He'll play for the rest of the year. So it's not like they like benched him, benched him, but they definitely had him sit for a little while because he was definitely starting to lose his cool out there, like usual. Uh, and then they went back and forth. Josh Norman uh, replied, calling. Uh, Michael Thomas, a clout-chasing clown, saying he lined up 25 times toe-to-toe, went 0-0-0, as in no catches, no targets, no targets, no catch, no, sorry, no catches, no yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Michael Thomas said, zone corner, play your role. Uh, you don't even have no clout to chase. I didn't do anything but punk you all day and watch you bust coverages all game and cost your team. So who's really a clown? Uh, I'm looking to bully you every time I see you, just so you know. Hashtag sis. And then a couple of emojis and things like that. Josh Norman replied again, 25 lineups. Zero catches, zero yards, zero touchdowns. Michael Thomas, uh, not even not even replying to it. At this point, he's like retweeting with comments, putting it out for everybody to see. Uh, and you still crying to the media and your cheap suit. <laughs> and you're in my mentions crying. You're 30 years old, dude. Life comes at you fast. Uh, you write all you did. You did nothing but block was Josh Norman's response. Michael Thomas, you my son, so go to bed. I was punking you all night and gave you a break at your coach oh, so he can put you and you so he can put your so-called tough guy self in timeout again. So there you go. They went back and forth for quite a bit. 
But Josh Norman actually came back and deleted all of his tweets, to which, of course, Michael Thomas had to make sure he said something about that, uh, calling him corny for deleting your tweets. You're corny for deleting your tweets, Josh Norman, tagging him right here, adding him. Uh, we grown men, walk it like you talk it, goofball con artist. This is my favorite part when you find out you not who you say you are. Man, look, they went back and forth for a little bit on the field. Michael Thomas took it outside of the field, put it out on Twitter. Like, I love this, man. This is this is part of the swag that we saw with the Saints team last year in 2015. We saw the trash talk. We saw, you know, the, look, Michael Thomas and um, and uh, Mark Ingram were dancing to get your roll on uh, during the game that got put up on the on the big screen and everybody in the dome went nuts and everything. So like, look, this is part of it, yo. This is part of it. This is what if this is what the Saints team was supposed to look like at the beginning of the year right away. And now we're finally starting to see it all take shape. The only unfortunate thing is that Marshall Lattimore suffered a concussion in the early parts of this of this game. He also got hurt last year at the very early part of the Washington game. We just need to start not letting him play the first quarter of the Washington games. This is getting ridiculous. He collided with teammate AJ Klein when trying to make a tackle and then entered concussion protocol and they sat him for the rest of the game. Thankfully, uh, you know, we're heading into the bye week for week six. So there's a pretty good chance he'll clear all of his concussion protocol business before then, before we take on the Ravens in week seven. Uh, but even if not, Josh Hardy came in during this game against Washington. And like I said earlier, put together a great performance and played really well. So I wouldn't be upset to see uh, Josh Norman. I'm Josh, Josh Norman. Good God, we don't want that. Uh, Justin Hardy out there playing some defense uh, October 21st up against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, in some sad news, uh, I, I'm a, I actually have a lot of respect for, for the now Los Angeles Chargers, and so I want to make sure that I put this in there. Uh, their owner, Alex Spanos, uh, passed away Tuesday morning at the age of 95. Spanos was a Greek immigrant in 19, uh, who immigrated over in 1923. He actually ended up buying the majority share of the San Diego Chargers in 1984 and now passed away this morning. Uh, Spanos is uh, credited big time with bringing both Super Bowls to San Diego back in 1998, 2003. Uh, and his essentially his family uh, has been, you know, working for the Chargers and sort of running the Chargers over time. Uh, it has been, a, you know, he's an incredible person. He was, he gave back to the community, everything like that. His grandsons actually took over the team in terms of day to day in 2015. But, you know, it's a family owned, it's a family run team. The Chargers are essentially a family owned business, which is a really incredible thing for somebody that came over in the 1920s as a Greek immigrant to create this sort of foundation for his family. So rest in peace, Alex Spanos. And, uh, you know, heart goes out to the Chargers family. We as Saints fans know the feeling of losing your owner. So we get that. In fact, you know, amongst all of the other stuff that Michael Thomas was tweeting about um, about Quentin Dunbar and uh, Josh Norman getting in your feelings, one of the things that he took the moment to do was say, RIP, Mr. Benson, you're the reason. Owners are important to the teams and important to the franchises. So, uh, you know, hearts with y'all. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for coming through. I'm really excited about moving into this bye week. We're going to have a lot of interviews and conversations of that coming up to make sure we're getting you the freshest content available. Uh, thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them find Locked on Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Rate, review, share, retweet. Thank you for all of the support. This has been locked on saints and trust who that nation yeah. i'll holla at you <laughs>
everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from.